Fed released their long-awaited report on their outlook for what a central bank digital currency in the United States might look like. This is quite a long time coming, as you may or may not know. Most governments around the world are in the process of working on their own central bank digital currency. There's only been about nine that have actually been put into actual use. Uh, The vast majority are still in the research phase, like the U.S. So it's very interesting, especially with the U.S. being the world reserve currency, what a transition or what an alternative of a digital version of the dollar might look like. So this report really didn't take a stance of any sort. Uh, It really just laid out the current state of the payments industry as it exists today. And it also looked at some of the positives and negatives of what a potential digital currency might look like. They're asking for public comment for the next 120 days. But if you're looking for any kind of conclusion or action item from here, there isn't much of one. They're sitting on the fence pretty well. And they made it pretty clear that the idea of offering a digital version of the dollar would really only happen if there was first some clear action, most likely some kind of law passed with support from both the White House and Congress. So they're looking for cover here. And this ultimately does fall on the Fed's shoulders to put this into action. But I don't want to call this a non-story. It's important to understand where the Fed is at. But it looks like they're still just asking questions and thinking about what this might actually look like, still at a foundational level. So did you read this, Mike? Did you have any thoughts coming out of this? Yeah, so I read it. And I mean, I was expecting a little more. Um, a little more opinion, a little more direction on what exactly they're, because yeah, it basically seems like they're 100% in the R&D phase right now, where it's basically just looking at the other CDBCs that are, you know, in the pipeline around the world and seeing how those work out and then trying to adjust their policies or whatever they have because i'm pretty sure china is about to try and roll out their wallets for the first time for the olympics um coming up here in the winter i thought okay i'm pretty sure i read that two days ago uh just because i've been trying to keep up with these cdbcs around the world just because like china's been working on it since 2014 and i haven't really seen a use case yet so i'd be interested to Mm -hmm. see how that first run goes but Yeah, I mean, it's basically the first step in any major decision making, like you said, with the U.S. dollar being the U.S. and global reserve, you know, peg, it's a big deal switching off of that. But my big thing is, is like, if it's backed, I don't know, I I just hate the U.S. dollar. I hate when I got (laughs) off the gold standard that like it, all of it just seems like smoke and mirrors. Like, I don't understand if like Americans just don't understand that we got off the gold standard like 40, 50 years ago or whether they still think like everything is rosy, but it's always been a weird point with me. Okay. Well, I, I guess I fall on the other end. I don't really see any problem with abandoning Bretton Woods. In fact, I think Bretton Woods, we tried the gold standard three times and we got off it every time because it ultimately, uh, yes, tied us to gold supply, gold reserves, and getting off of it allowed like actual monetary policy to be fully unlocked. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to go down that road completely, but I guess I just have a different perspective. But going back to the digital currency aspect, um, it's funny because there, there's actually quite a bit of disagreement here. I, I just wanted to kind of point this out because too often I think we think of the metas of monolith 
sorry, the Fed. And in a way it is, it often follows very closely what the chairman, in this case, Powell, believes and wants to do. All members vote, of course, on whether or not to raise rates. But there's a lot of other responsibilities of the Fed like this. This is a good example. They release research reports all the time looking at the current state of finances and the marketplaces. And uh, a lot of times they, they'll they tend to follow the chairman. But um, Brainerd, which is another Fed uh, board member, uh, it claimed that the, the, the U.S. is losing an edge here with this delay. You mentioned China. Uh, if we're in a bit of an arms race to maintain our status as reserve currency and not lose out to China, uh, some people on the Fed think we might be losing that race. Others see, like Waller, think this is just redundant. Most transactions already take place digitally. Uh, so there's difference of opinion on the board. And uh, I, I guess it's funny because they started talking about this like eight years ago. And eight years on, we're still just kind of looking at reports. So, yeah, I guess I, I wouldn't expect anything for the next couple years just doesn't seem like they're really on the precipice of anything yet right and then he brought up at least uh, earlier on that the boston fed was working with mit to explore the tech aspects yeah i'm almost expecting that to have more like informational breadth than this report you know what i mean oh absolutely yeah so that's going to be coming out it's expected next week but I'm expecting that to be much more specific on what a central bank digital currency might look like from a technical aspect. And that's important because um, a while back, and this is very easy to find online, there's a really nice, I think it's the Atlantic Council puts out a central bank digital currency tracker. It's a wonderful, wonderful tool, uh, visual data. It, it demonstrates it very well. And what you can see immediately is just how much diversity there is amongst all the different uh, central bank digital currencies in development. So this could go a number of different ways. Uh, one of the biggest questions, though, right now is whether or not if you or I, for example, were using a central bank digital currency, an e-dollar, we'll just shorten that up, would we have an account directly with the Fed or would we be working through the banking system? as we already know it today. And that, on one hand, the Fed really isn't set up to do know your customer for millions or billions of people. So it makes sense for them to work through banks, but banks don't really wanna just do all the Fed's work for them without some kind of compensation. So um, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to the report next month, which is probably gonna be much more dry if that's possible, but might actually have a little more substantial information for what this e-dollar might actually look like. Oh, yeah, because then you get into, you know, public and private transactions and who's able to see them and mm -hmm. you know, freedom and rights and all the good American things. So that's uh, that'll be a whole a whole <laughs> nother bridge on that road to go over. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to know, like, when we go into the metaverse, which is kind of preempting your topic a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah I just want to know if I can walk around and make it rain with my e-dollars. Uh, if that's built in, then I'd give it a shot, but brother, brother. Okay. So that's the craziest thing about all this to me. So I'll get into mine and then we can track that on to the end. So <laughs> my, uh, my article was that ecosystems within the blockchain metaverse are gaining traction as big brands create digital experiences. So billion dollar companies are starting to try to take over the metaverse as consumers have shown heightened interest in interactive 3d experiences. Uh, 
global metaverse market is forecasted to hit 42 billion by 2026, which is only four years away. And according to analysts at Morgan Stanley, the metaverse could present an $8 trillion opportunity for retailers. Um, one of the biggest things that I was literally just looking into before we hopped on this podcast is Tennis Australia, which is the organizer of the Australian Open, partnered with the Centraland to host the AO in the metaverse, which is running January 17th to the 30th. Um, it's really interesting concept because especially in today's day and age, because of the COVID restrictions in Australia for out of country fans, they expect a decently high turnout in the metaverse since people can't actually, you know, go there and watch it themselves. And the fans who partake in the AO metaverse tournament can earn NFTs, including behind the scenes footage of practice sessions, wearables for their avatars and more. So it definitely seems like. And like I bring up the you can earn NFTs in the metaverse because these companies are kind of positioning themselves to either NFTs are going to be the core basis of the metaverse, at least in my opinion, because basically you can earn NFTs in the metaverse and whether it's a wearable or, you know, a song or a video or whatever else, say it's a wearable and you buy a jacket. They're letting you go into an actual physical store and trade that NFT in for the physical jacket that that represents in the metaverse. And that's just like one example of what it is. But like, you know, you think music artists, they can release, you know, uh, an album of NFTs and then, you know, additional scenes or concert footage or whatever else, like your meet and greets with musicians in the metaverse would just be like one-on-one, -on -one, you know what I mean? It's just the opportunities are so endless that I kind of just start rambling, but it definitely seems like the next commerce wave coming is in Web3. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Jake? I am fully out on the metaverse. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm not saying like all this money can't be made. I just, I don't like the idea of living entirely whether it's on a just a computer screen or in virtual reality um like most or more of my life online um now i'm, I'm not saying like i'm representative of people generally but <laughs> I, I just like set we've had second life we have video games we have virtual reality like we, we've gotten a taste of this to some degree already and <laughs> so i'll just give you an example like walmart like i saw their demo and it's like, look, you can hang out in the store. And it's just all these brands coming out saying, like, you can engage with our products more online in these, like, creative ways. And it just looks so fucking lame. Like, I don't, I don't want to hang out in Walmart. I don't want to hang out at the Toshiba, like, uh, lounge and stuff. And, like, I, I do see a use case. I guess the one area where I see some, some cool things to do is, like, in sports. You brought up the, the the tennis. I think it was the Australian Open. It was like presented by uh, through the metaverse, and so I give an example like the Oculus, the virtual reality headset. Um, my brother-in-law lives in California. I don't get to see him a lot, but we keep talking about getting a virtual reality headset so that we can both wear it, be courtside at an NBA game, and then look over at each other, see each other's avatars, talk to each other, hang out. Like there are cool ways to connect, but in pieces i like certain areas but the whole metaverse just seems like the entire conversation takes place 
on the advertiser's terms. Like it just feels like you're going to go in and just be assaulted 24 seven with advertisements. And it just, I get this nauseating image in my head of what the metaverse might look like, but maybe I'm a bit too pessimistic. What, how do you feel generally about the metaverse or if like, if it was a part of your life? Um, I don't know. I really, so I was going to say when you got into what you were talking about, I was going to say, you kind of sound like a boomer 40 years ago. Because, like, as much as I don't want this to be a reality, not not that I don't want it to be a reality, I just didn't see it coming. But, like, it's the same with, you know, handheld phones and then cordless phones and then cell phones and laptops and computers. Like, you just got to get used to the next wave of stuff. And the earlier on that you get okay with it and, you know, start researching, I feel like the more opportunity there is to capitalize on whatever, you know, whatever there may be to capitalize on. So I'm keeping, I'm keeping my, my eyes open, not saying that you're not, but like the other thing that I heard, the other side of that coin is like, my buddy just told me, told me that it's becoming like popular to unplug for like a long amount of time, like just no technology or no anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, but you're not able to like, like everything is about monetization and money coming in. So like, you're not able to make money if you unplug. So I'm just, unless you're doing face-to-face meetings and dealings and whatever else, but like, there's a lot of money to be made online. So it's just a very, a very half and half on it. Cause like, I just tried logging into Decentraland before this to see if I could walk around and see the AO and it was going to make me set up an avatar and everything. And I was like, I don't want that avatar to be saved forever. Like, I don't know where this, you know what I mean? Like, I'm still yeah. a little sketched out about all of the base layer things. Right. So, you, like, I'm not going to argue there. I think a lot of the reason you're seeing so many brands, like even the Packers you were saying are offering NFTs, so many people trying to jump in on the metaverse now, even though it really doesn't exist. Like, in its, it, like, like, there are ideas and there's, like, you know, very early stage conceptions. But I think the reason everyone's jumping in is they don't want to miss out on the commercial opportunity. I guess speaking from a social, just a a non-money-making, like I don't think my life would be improved by spending more time online. Um, And I'd spend a pretty decent chunk of my life online, both for work and for my personal time. So it just feels like you know, these companies want us to spend 24 seven and this is nothing new. You're right. To some extent, a lot of this is nothing new. These companies want us to spend all of our time and money on these, in the metaverse and looking at their products and spending money. It just, I just don't want to go deeper. And um, maybe I'm wrong because I think there'll always be people who don't want to engage with this. There'll be some people who want to live their entire life in the metaverse. But I think for the most of us, we're going to use it as much as as our friends use it which is the same as any other technology. So maybe I should right. Uber. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like a evolutionized Sims game, but more real life. And that was kind of the thing you were talking about. That's the most interesting part to me with like the digital wallet and whether you'll be able to like get an NFT gifted to you for doing something in the metaverse. And then you can sell that NFT for crypto and then take that crypto out into your actual bank account. Like that is the interesting aspect to me because then it's kind of like play to earn, which gets people more enticed and, you know, constant coming back to play it. I don't know. I'm just trying to 
it seems it's definitely interesting. You brought up Green Bay releasing their NFTs. And like you said, I wonder how many Packers fans actually know that they have the opportunity to grab an NFT if they went to the game. Mm -hmm. Probably lower than 100. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's definitely, you know, definitely coming around. Well, here's the thing. I just read that uh, the people who bought Candy Crush Activision, Candy Crush, I'm sure most of us remember, they only made money off two to 4% of the people who use Candy Crush, but it was enough to make it like the most, the highest income app almost ever. So, you know, there's, I'm not saying this is a good thing, but you don't need a ton of people to shell out money to make something um, profitable. Uh, So I guess we'll see, but um, metaverse, huge topic. I think this is the first time we talked about it. I, it's, it's something we got to keep our eye on, keep talking about, but I'm glad you brought it up. Um, but we are at time. So uh, thanks for hopping on, bud. It's good to talk to you. Oh, yeah, you too, brother. Have a good-